Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. Donner film. that multiply when you throw water on them? Take the oath. Join the adventure as Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film.
All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast, episode 36, where today we are joined by special guest host Patrick Goodnight once again, and his pick of the uh, year, I guess, so far, <laughs> would be The Goonies. So go ahead and say hello to the viewers. The hello, viewers, viewers. The listeners. The listeners. Leave it to I Terrence. I all the time. I know you do. It's just ridiculous. Uh, so yes, episode 36. But before we dive into it, let's go ahead and throw the question out, and then you guys don't know what I'm going to ask, so this is going to be very interesting. As always. So my question to you two is, what movie has the greatest musical video to it? We know that this one has uh, The Goonies Are Good Enough by Cindy Lauper, who has some of the most famous uh, 80s wrestlers. And you have Captain Lou Albano, yeah. Roddy Piper, Nikolai Volkov, Iron Sheik, uh, Andre the Giant's in it, uh, and the cast of The Goonies. Uh, a classy Freddie Bassey, Lou Albino, all them people are in it. So... I'm asking you that off the top of your head, Terrence, you look like you're thinking too hard. I'm thinking really what, hard. What do you think would say is the best uh, musical uh, video from a movie? I have to remember like what had a music video <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> it's, it's so far, far, ever, far away, uh, far like, between now. I, I even, stopped watching music videos the moment MTV stopped playing music oh, videos. Oh, so like 30 years ago. <laughs> so exactly, like a really long time ago. So like I'm just trying to – because there are certain things that come to mind. I'm like, wait, was that a music video? Like I think Matrix had a music video out of one of their songs, one of the like the, the uh, techno-y songs that I don't remember the artist. Um, <laughs> and therefore, you don't, same, and therefore like, you don't remember the video. Exactly. So I have no yeah, I'll tell you a video. Answer and I'll do a quick. It was uh, actually from a 1986 movie. Was uh, the Transformers cartoon movie? Yeah, oh, uh, you got the touch by Stan Bush. It was just it was kind of a cool. Had a mixture of uh, him mixed with cartoon. And back in that age, it was kind of unique to see for uh, for a video. You know, now nowadays they make the videos so bland. But you know, back then, you know they they didn't have much to go on, so the videos were pretty awful. <laughs> Well, then the technology isn't where it is. It wasn't as far advanced as it was today. Terrence? Uh, so, yeah, the the Matrix did have an official music video. Is that um, what you're going What was the song? Uh, it's The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> and it was by who? Uh, the Let's see. It was by uh, NLE Chopa. <laughs> We're just going to go. The album was Cottonwood. I don't know what the song is. I'm just uh, going to say something by John Williams there. I, I just covered it. Every movie and every video of all time. So, Terrence, let's go ahead and dive into The Goonies. The Goonies. Let me prepare because I had some screenshots for later. Okay. Uh, Goonies, release date, June 7th, 1985. Runtime, an hour and 54 minutes. It's a nice little... Uh, uh, average movie length, a uh, little quick watch before you go to work, like I did. Uh, <laughs> budget is $19 million estimated. Opening weekend, USA, we're looking at a cool $9 million, uh, $9.1 million. Um, so opening weekend, it did okay. It did pretty good. Uh, gross USA, this is where you can see, well, yep, the movie made it, just like we were talking about last episode. If it at least makes double... That's where they want to, the minimum they want to see, and then everything after is bonus. So its budget was $19 million. Its gross USA, $62.3 million. So made double, made extra success. Uh, cumulative worldwide gross, we're looking at $62.6 million. So it only made an extra, uh, extra $300,000 uh, from overseas. Uh, 
This was directed by Richard Donner, who also directed Lethal Weapon, Superman. One that we have covered, Superman. Yep, Superman. Uh, the Lost Boys and X-Man, the very first one. And I'm going to... I'll save that for later. <laughs> I was going to inject something there, but I think that'll be in the next episode. Ah. Uh, writing credits. Uh, Chris Columbus, uh, who also wrote uh, The Gremlins. Uh, then we have Steven Spielberg, who... Has done so many different things. <laughs> uh, if you don't know, just to name a few, uh, Saving Private Ryan, Jurassic Park, uh, Indiana Jones, a bunch of them, um, and Back to the Future, which we have covered. Yep. All right, technical specs. We already said the runtime. Uh, there was... Oh, I, I suppose the... Are there? There's two cuts of this movie? There has to be, because there's two runtimes here. Yeah, which means well, there's, there's one, a, one for TV. Uh, oh, yep, you're right. Uh, so TV <laughs> is an hour 34, so they, they cut uh, a decent amount, it looks like. Um, sound mix, 70mm 6-track, 70mm prints. Uh, it's Dolby was 35mm prints. This is movie is in color. Aspect ratio, we're looking at 2.20 by 1, 70mm prints. And 2. 3.5 by 1 and 2.39 by 1. So we're looking at theatrical, TV, and VHS. Camera Panavision camera lenses. Uh, laboratory, this, this was edited in, was Technicolor, Hollywood, USA. Film length was 3,090 meters. Negative format, 35 millimeter. Cinemagraphic process, Panavision, anamorphic. Printed film format, 35 millimeter. Eastman, 5384. Uh, which is just, you know, your standard movie reels. Uh, 70mm blow-up, so theater. Uh, and finally, off to the awards. This table doesn't have the same twang as the other <laughs> table. All right. Um, once again, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, USA 1986. And before I jumped into the awards, I did want to dive in some of the history of the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films since we see it so much. So this was founded in 1972 uh, by Dr. Donald A. Reed, who was a, a pretty prominent uh, moviegoer, uh, studied a lot of movies and stuff like that. Um, and because of it was made because they wanted to highlight those particular movies who tend to get overlooked in like you know the Oscars or like the Grammys or whatever. Um, and when it used to air on uh, television. I don't know if it still does. But originally it was hosted by William Shatner and Karen Black. Hmm. Um, and now I, I suppose it's an event you can go that anybody could go to um, to meet their stars. Or at least that's how their little blurb here. Uh, you can see their website. It's uh, SaturnAwards.com and you know they show all their fun stuff. Um, so that's a little background on Academy Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Very cool. So now, the awards in 1986. Uh, the Goonies well, did won. Did they win anything for that? They did. They won the Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actress, Anne Ramsey. Uh, nominated Saturn Award Best Performance by a Young Actor, Jeff Cohen. <laughs> International Film Music Credits or Critics Awards, uh, IF. MCA, even the acronyms just like a mouthful. Uh, 2011. Uh, so the nominee for IF 
MCA Award is uh, Best Archival Release uh, of an Existing Score. So uh, we're looking at Dave Grusin for Music, Robert Townsend for Album Producer, uh, Michael Mestrino. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew a name was going to hit me sooner or later. Uh, Album Producer, Line Notes, uh, John Alvin for Album Art Direction, and uh, Drew Strazen. Uh, for album art direction. Now we're looking at the National Film Preservation Board USA 2017. Uh, so just recently. That's, yeah, so just recently it was put into the National Film Preservation Board and it had one. Um, now we're looking at Young Artist Awards 1986. They won an award for Young Artist Award Best Starring Performance by a Young Actor Motion Picture, Sean Astin. Hey, hey, Samwise Gamgee. Uh, nominated Young Artist Award. So here's all the nominations. The uh, exceptional performance by a young actress, motion picture, uh, Martha uh, Pimpleton. Yep, Plumpton. Plumpton. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Exceptional performance by a young actor, motion picture, Jeff Cohen. Uh, Exceptional performance by a young actor, motion picture, Corey Feldman, and best family motion picture adventure. And that is it for the awards. you want to go ahead and take over the synopsis for me? Yeah, the synopsis for Goonies was a group of kids calling themselves the Goonies find a treasure map and start an adventure to find One-Eyed Willie, the local legendary pirate's treasure. Okay, now you gotta and now on to the casting. <laughs> uh, the leading role was cast uh, Sean Astin as Mikey, Josh Brolin as uh, Brandon, his older brother, Jeff Cohen as Chunk, Corey Feldman as Mouth, Carrie Green as Andy, Martha Plimpton as Steph, Jonathan Kihu Kwan as Data, John Machuzak as Sloth, Robert Davy as Jake Fratelli, Joe Penton Leona as Francis Fratelli, Anna Ramsey as Mama Fratelli, Mary Ellen Trainer as Irene Walsh, Keith Walker as Irving Walsh, Steve Anton as Troy. Lupa Otavarios as Rosita as Rosalita, Michael Paul Kwan as Mr. Wong, Charles McDaniels as Mr. Cohen, and Paul Twerpe as the sheriff. Also, as a side note, director Richard Donner makes a cameo appearance as the sheriff's deputy. The film cinematographer Nick McLean also cameoed as my mouth uh, Corey Feldman's father. The part of the dead FBI was uh, performed by stuntman Ted Grossman. And also some other cameos that aren't on there. At the end of the film, when, they, when they're all in the cave or whatever, they actually got to bring in some of their own family and oh. to shoot that scene. So I thought that was pretty that cool. That was pretty cool. Um, this, this movie was shot in the early 80s, so we didn't have easy access to it on VHS. Well, I mean VHS eventually, but I mean uh, when it would come on TV, a lot of stuff was cut out. Um, so when I went back to watch it, there is a, there is some language in this movie that I mean, there's no way around it. Um, I know there's one word they say about 19 times, um, but there's a certain part of this. We're going to be jumping around this episode from scene to scene. So if you haven't seen it, uh, make sure you watch it before you continue on, or you're going to be lost when like well, they they were all out of order. <laughs> but uh, when the rocks are falling from the cave ceiling, the <laughs> one guy screams, "Holy explicitive!" Yeah, and. Uh, but he had to spell out the explosive because he promised his mom he wouldn't cuss or <laughs> curse on the, in the movie. That's great. Um, 
Sean Ashton actually got to keep his treasure map used for the film. Oh, that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, several years later, his mother... Who was his mother? Do you know who his mother was? Anybody? No, not in this. In actual real life. I know this. How'd he do? Yeah. Discovered it. Thought it was just a piece of crinkled wrapped uh, paper. No. And threw it in the trash. No. <laughs> how cool would it have been to keep that? You know, that goes back. I think my dad said, you know you know how you, your, uh, your mom and dad can say, hey, pick your room up. If I have to pick it up, you're going to be... Yeah. Away. yeah, I think my dad said his grand or my grandma, which would his, be his mom, uh, threw away all of his old comic books. He had like Spider Man number one oh, and all those. Oh, <laughs> I was man. like, all well, ones that are worth like so, much so much money. money so, yeah, uh, so that could have all been mine, but yeah, I've had many a ball cards thrown away. Yeah, uh, when the Fratelli, Fratelli brothers argued, Anne Ramsey really slapped Robert Davy. She was told to hit him as hard as she could. Mm. <laughs> I was like, how would you like to be on the receiving end of that? Didn't have to do, that <laughs> do you know what she's times. famous for, though, right? What other movie she's famous for? A classic. The, we, throw we, Mama from the throw Train. Throw Mama from the Train. Have you seen Throw Mama from the Train? No. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, we yeah, definitely have to listen. That's a good movie. <laughs> it's really funny because this guy's, we'll get there. Um, the pirate ship, the whole thing was entirely real. All the shots were filmed in the ship. Um, after the film, it was offered to anyone who would take it. No one wanted it, so the ship was scrapped. <laughs> oh, well, no. Where on earth would you put something? I don't care. Backyard. For my... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but can you imagine how much the transportation would cost? To oh, like that just thing? to get it there? Just to get it yeah. to wherever. Wow, unless you had like a beachfront property or something. Uh, the cast was not allowed to see the pirate ship before the scene was shot. Uh, director uh, Richard Donner wanted to get their surprise reaction, so when they walked yeah. out, I uh, mean that that's perfect. Get a bunch of kids. See when it. they did see it, Josh Brolin um, was so surprised that he accidentally let an expletive slip, <laughs> so they had to do the reshoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, production designer Michael or J. Michael Riva said in a national public radio interview that before shooting the first scenes with the prop map, he thought it looked good but not old enough. So in his hotel room, he aged it with coffee and his own blood. Ooh, wow, Ooh, okay. Wow. So, <laughs> wow, yeah, I mean, talk about taking Extreme. Your, right. Um, it was mostly shot in sequence. It took five about five months to produce, uh, produce the movie. Uh, One-Eyed Willie Skull was made from real bone. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> real human bone or real bone? It just says real bone. I'm not sure. Made it might be a real skull. Bone. How does that, like... I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a weird way to structure that sentence. Uh, John Matsusik's makeup took five hours to complete. One of his eyes, which was out of place on the face, was mechanically operated off-screen by remote control. <laughs> wow. Someone would count down, and Matsuki would blink with his other eye in synchronization. The cast was told not to get him wet in scenes outside of the pirate ship. Unfortunately, he got wet, <laughs> delaying the film for an entire day. Oh, wow. Just to fix Just eyes. to fix his face. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Um... One of my favorite scenes of this movie is when they've got Chunk tied up and he starts going through all the confessions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, this one time in second grade. You know, he just goes on and on. But when he's talking about throwing up off the balcony, you know, yeah. uh, at the movie theater, it wasn't based on something that he really did, but it was based on something Steven Spielberg had done. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, wow. Uh, when he thought of his mother dying, he had, uh, he thought of his mother dying to generate real tears during his confession with the Fratellis. Uh, the bats were made of crumpled black pieces of creep paper that were shot out of an air cannon. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. Um, One-Eyed Willie Ship, the Inferno, it actually had a name. I never knew it had a name. Neither did I. It was 105 right. foot long and took two and a half months to construct. 
It was modeled after Earl Flynn's ship in the Seahawk from 1940. The cells required more than 7,000 square feet of material. The largest measured 30 foot by 60 foot. Some of the ship's rigging was recycled for the Pirates of the Caribbean ship at Disneyland, which was being renovated at the time. Wow. That is really cool. Have you been? Wrote it? Uh, The uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to Disneyland since, like, it's been a very long time. I wrote the one in Florida. (laughs) Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, I so I could have actually sold with old One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> I always get confused. Disneyland in Florida or Disney World in Florida. You know what I mean? Yeah, there. I get you. How about we just put it in like Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, so everybody <laughs> can enjoy everything. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Cohen got the chicken pox after he got the role of Chunk. Oh, he didn't want to lose the job, so he showed up to work anyway. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> uh, he was fair of being replaced. I feel that. Uh, Richard Donner <laughs> kept both One-Eyed Willie's head and a model for the ship. So he actually kept something. Hopefully his mom didn't throw stuff away. <laughs> I know, right? This is Josh Brolin's big screen debut, also known really? as Thanos, for those newer, younger listeners. What he also else was played he in? Uh, he also uh, Cable. Played Cable and Deadpool. Deadpool. And what else? The Goonies. Oh. Carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Cindy Lauper, as we stated earlier, wrote the theme song for Goonies, uh, Are You Good Enough? Um, which has a cameo, but Steven Spielberg was. Terrence was like, what's going on in this? Cause we just watched it. Yeah, it has the it, most, we, we just watched like, the first part, but it's actually a 12-minute music video. Yeah, it's a two-part yeah, the, video. Well, like, it the tells whole beginning the whole, was just so out there and crazy. I'm like, what is going on? Well, and then it just jumps right into the song. I was like, what? Well, Cindy Lauper plays Cindy. A new Goonie recruit. The Bengals play the Pirates, and Andre the Giant plays Sloth. So, that's what... Uh, but yeah, that was really good. Uh, John Matswick is wearing a t-shirt of the Oakland Raiders, a team he once played on. Oh, wow, okay. I, I don't remember him playing, but maybe it was before my yeah, time. I believe he was on the uh, 77 Raiders. With, uh, I don't uh, watch with, soccer. Uh, that was the I was born, so... Yeah. Uh, more than 900,000 gallons of water was used in the movie. Wow. All right. <laughs> that's a lot of water sounds like a lot um, of work for someone as we mentioned it was it was really uh, uh, the swearing in this was really strategically placed um, because uh, they wanted it to make it easier when it did come on TV that they could easily muffle it out so uh, a lot of the yeah. swearing is happening where there's running water or there's a big action sequence you know what I mean yep. so they can actually blend it in there so. well back in that day it wasn't as big a deal no I mean that's why you saw PG movies it, uh, it's, it's a it's like a roller coaster thing. Like it, it it gets strict and then it doesn't. They get strict. Like just recently, and we've mentioned this in previous uh, movies. Um, in PG thirteen movies now, you're allowed one f bomb. Yeah. And I was like, like when I saw that, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I mean, like, all right. The um, there's a really big Easter egg to Gremlins in this movie. Do you know what it is? No. Do you know what it is? No, actually, I don't. It's when Chunk calls the police and the officer says, is this like the prank about creatures that multiply when you throw water on them? <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. I didn't uh, catch that. Because, you know, Chris Columbus also wrote Gremlins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ma Fatilli and her sons are based on the early 20th century legend of Kate Barker, known as Ma Barker and her boys. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. One of the most um, telling signs is when you used to watch this movie, and it's, you always see, I think it's... Um, I want to call him Short Round, but I can't think of his name. Is it uh, uh, Mal? Uh, not Mouth. Um, the Chinese kid. Yeah. What's his Data. name? Data. Data, yeah. They, thank you. 
when I always loved his gadgets when I was getting you know, like the teeth. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm like, how is these teeth? Cool. You know, there's something you're talking about his teeth. He has like when he shoots it across and he, the, the cops are chasing him, he goes flying, the trash can comes right. so he falls in. But um, when he uh, he says, yeah, 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 and there was a giant octopus. At the end of the movie, we know about fighting a giant octopus. That was never in the movie. It's later in the deleted scenes on the DVD. You can see it, Um, which is really cool. I mean, some of the stuff they deleted should have left in there. Kind of like... um, I've never seen deleted scenes for this. Well, I think if you actually watch the newer movies, it's actually part of the uh, actual movie. Yeah, they they said that... um, I think it was... I had it written in here somewhere. Which is why you had two different run times. Uh, Yeah. Um, I had it in here, um, but I also think like like the movie Willow, um, where there's a lot of stuff that was cut out of there that should have been kept in the movie, like when he's yeah. on the ship. I think that was pretty good. Uh, the arcade game you see Chunk playing in the pizza place at the beginning of the film is Cliffhanger from 1983. <laughs> uh, when the boys are sitting in the living room watching MTV, they weren't actually watching the Cindy Lauper Good Enough video because it was developed six months after the film was wrapped up. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> six months later, though? I guess that is a long time. Yeah. Uh, when the Goonies are climbing onto the ship, the silhouette of someone waving can be seen left of the screen. <laughs> someone was standing behind the side. Hey, you guys! Uh, waving during film. Or maybe, maybe it, it was they, directing they, it was, them. Like, uh, hey, you need to walk this way. Or, hey, you need too, to stay yeah. back. Or something like that. Uh, when Chunk first sees J- uh, Jake Fratelli's face when he approaches the car, the Hebrew prayer, he says, was actually improvised by Jeff Cohen. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um... <laughs> uh, as we said before, when Sloth rips off his outer shirt, one of the big reveals, you know, he's, he's going to help save the goodies. He rips off his shirt and plays, you know, it's got the Superman shirt underneath. Um, it was uh, accompanied by the John Williams theme. The Superman oh, theme, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was a nod to, obviously, Richard Donner doing Superman 1 and 2. Yep. Uh, the Donner cut, I highly recommend. Um, this is uh, for all you music lovers out there. And the scene with the skeleton piano... Uh, where Andy's reading the musical notes on the back of the treasure map. Yeah. And comments, she doesn't know if one note is A sharp or B flat. Musically, they're the same note. Oh, so wow. it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so no matter what, they would have got it. <laughs> right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Richard, Of course, Richard Donner was a gray-haired sheriff at the end of the scene. Uh, the Lou Gehrig baseball card that Mikey finds on Chester Copperpot's body is worth $275,000 at an auction in mint condition. Oh wow! Wow, that's uh, that's crazy! Wow. <laughs> and the scene where Chunk breaks the water cooler bottle, his line "I got it, I got it, I don't got it" is a nod to the film High Anxiety from 1977. High Anxiety, it's a great oh, year. Man, that's um, isn't that uh, 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 the Mel Brooks film that's so. making fun of uh, Vertigo? Yeah, I have high anxiety. Anyway. Uh, this one is probably the most interesting fact I found. Heather Langenkamp. Do you remember who Heather Langenkamp was? I, I, we have covered a show she was in. I, the we'll get to it. Audition for the role of Andy. Uh, Steven Spielberg and Richard Arnold felt that she have, uh, had given a great audition and was the right physical type for the role. However, she was 20 years old at the time. The script decided uh, called for somebody that was 17 um, so they thought that she was actually too old for the role. She carried a grudge with her for years. She was angry about it for years. At the time, Steven Spielberg felt so bad about turning her down. Seven years later, Spielberg would offer Langenkamp the role of Dr. Ellie Sattler in Jurassic Park from 1993 as a way of apologizing to her. But she turned it down because she was about to star in 
Wes Craven's new nightmare. She was the late girl oh, from okay. Nightmare on Elm Street. Terrence. That's right. Give us your thoughts on The Goonies. The Goonies. Or do you have anything to add before we go to your thoughts? I don't. I don't have anything. Patrick, do you have anything extra? Um, as a matter of fact, I don't. I don't think I've seen the full movie. I've, I, think, I think I once again had watched the theatrical cut of the or the the, the TV cut of this because I didn't see anything new and it was all the same movie that I've watched and enjoyed many times in the past. Um, now I'm gonna have to like make sure next time I obtain the movie, uh, I get the longer version. Um, but you know, it's 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 a fun movie. Uh, it's. It's classic, man. Everybody <laughs> knows about the Goonies. Um, hey, you guys. It has... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just say it's just something that it, every kid dreams of. You know, they go outside and they play in their backyard and they always want to be a group of kids that go on an adventure. You oh, know? yeah, I absolutely. mean, it's something we've all done. It's a movie that can probably relate to everybody. And, well, it's, well it's like you were saying earlier. Kids don't go outside this right. day, so <laughs> they're too busy playing on their game. But, you know, always the sense of adventure, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we yeah. even play Cops and Robbers. Uh, cowboys and Indians. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's the classic uh, kids on a bike, kids kids on bikes getting in trouble. <laughs> right, kind of remind me of ET in a way, you know. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you remember the scene where uh, Mikey's brother gets on that little bike, you know, and it, he oh, actually yeah. does a little airborne thing, kind of like ET. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is always this is always going to be a fan favorite. I mean, uh, I don't I don't think it's in any top list anywhere. If you want to look on the AFI top one hundred, I don't think it's going to be on there. That's a shame. Yeah, but I mean, it's <laughs> it's a fun little movie. Um, the the whole sloth thing, man. You know, where he's like Baby Ruth. <laughs> he tries to be the Baby Ruth. Right. There's just some great scenes in this, and it's spoofed a lot in a lot oh, of different yeah, things. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's it definitely has pop culture significance. It's been it's been spoofed a lot. It's it's had cameos and uh, homages in, in lots of different uh, movies, cartoons, TV. Uh, it's one of those things that. Uh, it really feels like I mean I guess I can't speak to maybe the most recent generation but like my generation and before it's like if you haven't seen it or heard of it you have to have been living under a rock or something because it's <laughs> just a yeah, I, I remember watching this uh, like maybe because of all the, the well then again maybe because it was TV release but I'm like I'm pretty sure I remember watching this in class you know one of those days where the teacher's just like ah watch a movie <laughs> right I I actually remember going to the movie theater to watch this this is one of the earliest movies that I can remember going to the theater to watch and the reason I remember I remember some of the movie but what I remember is the poster outside of the theater because I used to have the poster outside the theater before you walked into the theater. Yeah. And I remember them hanging on to that stalactite and they're all hanging on to each other's feet all the way down. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's one of like the earliest movie memories that I have. Of course, there was a Return of the Jedi, you know, uh, that I remember, a little bit of the Empire Strikes Back, stuff like that. But this was the actual one that I think. Pat, did you find it? No, the only thing I could find of was uh, in the 1980s, it's ranked as the 13th in the top 25 uh, movies of 1980. Hmm. Huh. Oh, in the eighties, the whole yeah. entire eighties. Yeah, unless the whole decade is the eighties and it's ranked as a uh, number thirteen. Right, but it's not you know, bad. Yeah, not bad. There's a yeah, lot of good it movies. Beat out yeah, some good movies. Yeah. All right, so um, this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode because we are getting ready to sit down and record a few things. Um, the Twilight Zone uh, premiere. Uh, yep, we're going to yeah. do a little overview of the entire. Twilight Zone, uh, highlight a little bit of uh, Richard's, or Richard, Rod Serling, 
and then maybe even do the first episode since everybody here watched it and made sure that we covered it all. So, oh yeah, um, you know all the outlets where to find us by now if you listen. Uh, the Tragedy of Cinema at Gmail dot com, the Tragedy of Cinema podcast group, you know all that stuff. So, uh, and if you're listening to if this is the first episode you're listening to, go back and listen to the previous episode for the whole spiel. Yeah, <laughs> or any of them up to date. Uh, and don't judge us by how we started out. Judge us how we're doing now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you go back and you listen to some of those old ones that we did, and we're like, how did we ever get to where we're at? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Continuous improvement. All right. With that being said, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, that's a wrap. And, and cut. cut. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs>